Welcome to Easter at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad that you have joined us in person and online. We are so glad you are with us. Will you please, uh, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Please stand as you are able for the fanfare that begins Christ the Lord is risen today.
So we would love, all right, we already have the kids coming. Hi, come on good down. Good morning. Happy We'd love Easter. To come on down. Invite all the kids to come up here. You can grab a bag and take a seat on the grab steps. Grab one of those bags up there. Those are for you. It's been a long worry, time we since we've more. had a bunch of kids on our steps. It's so happy. Yay. I'm so happy to see everybody happy back. Happy Easter, everybody. All right. I know there's like some 15, 16 year olds that are like, darn, I wish yeah. I was still young. Oh, you're yeah. welcome to come. We had to recruit a lot of 15, the 15, 16 children. year olds, you're welcome. We Wanna had grab a couple. some of those extra ones sure, over there? Yeah. Hi, welcome. All I see right. some familiar faces from our egg hunt last week. One for you. I have to say, I was really one proud because last you. week during the Easter egg hunt, there were no tears at all. all. It was going. wonderful. So happy Easter to everybody. I have a question for you. It can go out to you in the audience as well. And those joining us virtually, please participate. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've already had sugar this morning. <laughs> Everybody? Anyone? Yeah. Chocolate? Any kind of candy? Anyone? Yeah. yeah I figured as much. So we, we are celebrating Easter today. How do you celebrate Easter? What's one thing that you do at your house to celebrate Easter? Yes. Egg hunt. Egg hunt. Egg and have you already done that egg hunt already? No, not yet. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. What about you? Uh, we. I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. Yeah, that happens when you get up here. That does happen. Um, we dye eggs. <gasps> yeah. Dying, Who else dyed Easter dying eggs? Anyone eggs. Else? That's yeah. great. Anybody get an Easter basket or an Easter bag? Well, now you all have Easter bags, which yeah. is really cool. So here at church, we're celebrating Easter. Clearly, we're all here. Why are we here? What are we here to remember? Who wants to tell me what we are celebrating and remembering on Easter? Um, uh, I forgot. Yeah, it's all right. I told you I it happens. It does happen. It's easy. Yes, do you want to tell us what are we celebrating here for Easter? We are celebrating something that Jesus was doing. Yes, yeah. we are celebrating something that Jesus was doing. That yeah. is exactly right. You can never go wrong with that answer at church. <laughs> And what we are celebrating is that he rose from the grave, right? So yes. last, last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday. And we marched down carrying our palms and waving our palms, celebrating that Jesus was king. And then on Good Friday, we knew that he was put to death on the cross. And he died. He shouldn't have died, but he died, and he died for our sins. But today, he is risen. And we are celebrating the new life and the promise that Jesus is welcoming us into his family. And Jesus taught us so many wonderful things, how to come together and show our love as a community as we are today. I'm getting a little choked up seeing all the beautiful faces that we have here. How to love and also how to pray. So in your bags is a book, and it's a book about a prayer that we pray every Sunday here in church called the Lord's Prayer. And it's something that we are going to talk about and study uh, in Sunday school and in church over the next few weeks. You do, yeah, it should be in there. So we want to end our time reading a little poem for you, and then we will say a prayer and send you back to your family. So just listen as Miss April and I read this prayer, this poem to you. May your Easter be happy. May your day be bright. May you enjoy the treats. And sweet delights. But remember the meaning. Remember God's gift. Remember the resurrection. May your soul uplift. Let's pray. Jesus, we are celebrating you this morning. We're celebrating your life. We're celebrating, we're remembering your death, but we are celebrating and honoring your resurrection and the promise of new life. I pray that here at our church, we can be folks who embody you, Jesus, in all that we say, in all that we do, in how we live, how we love. And I pray that we will teach these young ones to be people of peace and justice and mercy in the world. Thank you for the family of our church that is gathered here, for the new folks, for the folks that are visiting. May we uh, be models of faith in this community and in this world. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as you go back to your seats, I just want to remind everyone we will have children's church next week. We will have youth group next week. We welcome you all back. We hope you'll come back and participate in our children's programming. And now we get to hear from our HUMC bell choir.
rise and take a moment to greet each other with the signs of Christ's peace in a socially distant way. Let's greet all our friends worshiping online. Peace be with you. Happy Easter. We miss you. I invite you now to take your seat as we prepare to receive the choral offering, an invitation into prayer. We're so excited to have you on this Easter Sunday morning, and we invite you into this powerful time of reflection. Let us pray. Oh, merciful God, what wondrous love is this, the life of your son redeeming, the death of your son too painful to bear, and now this miracle, his resurrection into eternal life, all so that we might be free. We confess, dear God, that we do not know what could possibly, we could possibly have done to deserve such grace. And when your answer comes, nothing. This grace is offered freely. We are stunned. God, why are we so blessed with your love in such a deep and profound way? Thank you. For we are carried to freedom by your love and sacrifice. Thank you. For we are emboldened to live by your promise of eternal life. We are humbled in your presence, risen and everlasting God. You have loved us each for who we are, who we have been, and who we are becoming. You have made it known we are good enough for you. And dear God, we are so grateful. We offer ourselves to you this Easter morning. Let us be of service. Let us sow peace. Let us spread love in the broken and hurting places. May this church be made in your image and welcome all people home. God, even as we glory in the promise and power of your, our, your resurrection, 
our hearts are troubled by war in Ukraine, by more gun violence and its victims in New York City, by the suffering in our own community where we have so much abundance, but so many people live without the basics. There are too many to name, and so, dear God, we lift it up to you, you who can take it all from us. We lift our prayers to you now in this moment of silent reflection. We do not have the answers for these struggles, O oh God, but we long for change. Make us bold in our confidence that you will show the way. We offer it all up to you. We pray this morning for those in our community in need of healing, who experience grief. We pray for Weldon, the Keaton family, and others in need of your solace. Heal the sick, comfort the afflicted, and pour your spirit over all of us so that your wisdom will prevail. Transform our grief and uncertainty in the world into service. May we spread the news of your resurrection and grace through the word and action. Make us bold partners and co-created the beloved community here in this place and now in this time. God, we are grateful that even when there is darkness, you are a radiant promise of who we really are. Easter people, capable of rising above any brokenness. Death has no victory in this place. So with bold confidence, we offer you the words of the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship this day in person and online. There are some announcements I'd like to offer to you. Many of them are in the bulletin already. But when you walked in, you got an attendance card. If you would fill that out and be prepared to place that in the offering basket when it comes by you in just a moment, we'd love to have your information I just have to say, having not had a congregation of this size in three years, you all look beautiful. I'm just saying. And if I say anything else, I'll start crying and then I can't preach, so that's not gonna happen. So, on to the announcements. We have two classes that are both online that will be beginning uh, this month. I have a class on the Lord's Prayer, which is our next our Eastertide sermon series focus, and that will be at six o'clock on Wednesday, starting this coming Wednesday. Pastor Mark from Toluca Lake has a class uh, that will begin the following week on the difficult words of Jesus, so I invite you to check those out. Uh, the Zoom links are either there or they're on our e weekly e-news that uh, will come to you or on our website. On May 1st, we will be having a Meet the Music Department uh, time after church. And so if you are interested in being part of this amazing music department, we are so glad the brass is here with us today and the band. We're so grateful to you all. The bells are amazing under the direction of Billy Malpied and our amazing choir. All, and all of it, all of it is under the direction of the incomparable John West. You should come, and especially if you're musically inclined, they're really fun people, so come on out. On May 8th, we will be having our Mother's Day pancake breakfast, and we look forward to that every year. And then finally, in June, Pride is returning uh, to Hollywood. It will be at the, uh, the Pride Parade will be starting at the corner of Hollywood and Vine, and we are going to have an entry in it. If you are interested in being part of the planning team for that, uh, we'll have a Zoom link in a couple weeks, so write that on your attendance card as well, and we'll include you in that planning process. All that we do here is made possible by you, by your prayers, your presence, both in person and online, your service, your witness, and your financial gifts. 
We're struggling to get back to the footing financially that we were on prior to the pandemic, and I know we're all struggling right now. But as the Spirit leads you, I encourage you to give as generously as you are able.
reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been laid on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told him that, they had, that he had said these things to her. A word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. I want to invite you to think back to the summer of 2019. I know it seems like a lifetime ago. What, that summer, one of the trees in our beautiful courtyard decided it was going to bear fruit specifically peaches. Now, mind you, none of us who've been around this place for a few years or a few decades had ever witnessed fruit on this tree, which was likely planted back in the 50s or 60s. Now, at the first service, I said, and of course, no one took a picture, so we have no proof. <laughs> well, guess what? Tim Leslie, usher and bell ringer extraordinaire said, I have a picture. And guess what? There's the proof. We had peaches. Well, we haven't had any peaches since. So that tells me a couple of things. First is that that winter, it got cold enough to trick the tree into producing fruit that summer. But secondly, what we didn't realize at the time was that this fruit this new life offered by this simple tree would be a sign for us over the next two years of pandemic and death. Here in a courtyard garden, new life defied all odds and gave us hope. It was in a different garden over 2,000 years ago when new life defied all odds to give us hope. Hope in the promise that death has no victory, Hope in the power of God's unending love to overcome all. Hope that even when the worst of humanity seems to be winning, God's grace and love will always triumph. Amen? When Mary Magdalene went to the garden that morning, for her, it was still Friday. The horror of Jesus' death haunted her. Her grief would not let her rest. So she got to the garden, to Jesus' tomb, so she could anoint him at first light, which was a common ritual. When she arrives, she finds the tomb open and Jesus' body nowhere to be found. She rushes to tell Peter and another disciple, who then run to the tomb to see for themselves, because, you know, a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. 
seeing but not understanding, the men returned home while Mary remained in the garden. At one point, she looks inside the tomb again and she sees two angels. Woman, why are you weeping? Well, they've taken away my Lord, Mary said, and I don't know where they have laid him. Just then she turned around and Jesus was standing there, but she didn't recognize him. Woman, why are you crying? Mary said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And then Jesus says one word, her name, Mary. And the second he says her name, Mary realizes this stranger who is standing before her in the garden, a reminder of the garden of Genesis, was the risen Christ. And everything is changed. Today we have encountered the risen Christ, the power of resurrection. We proclaim with joy that Christ is alive and among us. Death could not hold him. The tomb could not contain him. The force of Christ's love for each of us and for all of us could not be stopped by the evil of a cross. And everything has changed. In the words of the great writer Frederick Buechner, resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. Suffering never has the last word. Only love does. Now, if that is your only takeaway this morning, that the resurrection of Jesus means the worst thing is never the last thing, then I could stop preaching here. I'm not going to, but I could. Because it's important to know the forces of suffering and of pain, of just plain evil in this world, can be overwhelming. And sometimes it's hard to see beyond the despair. But as the people who claim the risen Christ, who claim the power of resurrection, we live with the sure and certain promise that death in all its many forms is not the last thing. Over the past three years, death has come to us in many forms. COVID has taken the lives of six million people worldwide, nearly a million of them here in the United States. But the pandemic didn't just bring about physical illness and death. Almost every facet of our lives have been upended, have been changed. There's been, if not a death, then certainly a steep erosion in our progress towards justice and equality on many fronts, racial, gender identity, LGBTQ rights. The tolerance for institutionalized bigotry of all kinds has increased to an alarming degree. Thousands upon thousands of people have died in Ukraine because of one government's thirst to dominate its neighbor. But also there's been a death in civility and moral outrage over the things that matter, such as truth, respect, sacrifice for one's neighbor. It's as though those great commandments of Jesus to love God and to love one another, those are just quaint notions that, that are not applicable to the living of these days. And so we must ask ourselves the question, if Christ has risen, if Christ has truly risen, how have we been changed? To ask the question another way, what difference does the resurrection mean for each of us? What difference does the resurrection mean for our broken and our hurting world? Well, first and foremost, I believe that to live as Easter people, to practice resurrection as the poet Wendell Berry famously proclaimed, is to live in defiant hope. Hope because death has been defeated by love. Defiant because the world does not expect us to incarnate such a radical outlook. We live in defiant hope because we know the words of St. Paul are true. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We live in defiant hope because we know and we claim just how much God loves us. God sent Jesus to walk among us. In his earthly life, he modeled a life of grace and worked for justice. He taught us how to love God and each other, especially the poor and those rejected by society. 
In his death, Jesus taught us the power of love and forgiveness for those who persecute us. In his resurrection, Christ shows us a new way of living. The Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz Weber perhaps says it best. She wrote, God simply keeps reaching down into the dirt of our humanity and resurrecting us from the graves that we dig for ourselves. And God keeps loving us back to life over and over and over again. The risen Christ has transformed us to live in defiant hope. So let me offer a few ways that Sacrifice to mask to ensure our mutual safety. So we mask. To live in defiant hope is to give up some of our time to better the lives of our neighbors, especially those who call the streets home. You'll see in your bulletin that on May 22nd, we're going to um, go out and help feed folks on the streets of Hollywood. We're going with partnering with a group called Food on Foot, which is very well respected in the community. And over the summer, we will have another Sunday in which we build blessing bags to give out to those we encounter in our daily lives. A blessing bag is nothing more than a Ziploc bag with a bottle of water, some socks, some toiletries that you can give to anyone who's on the street. There are plenty in the Narthex. If you'd like to take some with you today, you are welcome to. To live in defiant hope is to use both your voice and your vote to make a difference. The fact that don't say gay has re-emerged as a thing is worrisome in and of itself, but that it might also be a harbinger for further turning back the rights of LGBTQ folks is something that should concern us all and move us to action. One of the many reasons I am glad that we are online for services is that there are young people and there are families and who live in areas where there is not a church with progressive values. And they can join us online for worship. And they can hear that, yes, we are all created in God's good image. And God loves each of us just as we are. As I often say, God doesn't care whom you love. God only cares that you love. Amen? Speaking of love... To live in defiant hope means that love eventually prevails. For 50 years, the denomination known as the United Methodist Church has been divided over human sexuality, with more restrictive and punitive policies been adopted in recent years. In 2019, I wrote the following in response to a general conference that was specially called to help figure out what we're going to do going forward. And I wrote, the general church has remained intransigent on LGBTQ ordination and marriage equality, even after the 2015 Supreme Court decision. Instead of the church propelling us into the future, it has retreated into the past. The United Methodist Church of the past is no longer. So what does that mean for us, the people called Methodist, going forward? Well, I have a partial answer. The General Conference, which sets policy for the denomination, meets every four years. It did not meet in 2020 due to the pandemic. It won't meet again until 2024. However, those pastors, 
and churches who do not want an inclusive, welcoming denomination are taking their leave from the United Methodist Church two weeks from today, on May 1st, and they are forming a new denomination called the Global Methodist Church. Now, I take no joy in their departure, as there are children and youth who are gay and trans in those disaffiliating churches who will not be taught by God that they are loved just as they are. They won't be encouraged to grow up to be pastors or even be married in their home church. I, for one, will continue to pray for those who want to draw the circle of God's love smaller and smaller, because that is the opposite of God's desire for us. But what this means for the United Methodist General Conference of 2024 is that the debate will not be on whether the United Methodist Church will be an inclusive denomination. It will be about how we are an inclusive denomination. Amen? It will be a focus on how we order ourselves for the future. And for that, I say thanks be to God and love prevails. Finally, to live in defiant hope is to grow where you are planted. Over this season of Lent, we've spent time considering gardens of different kinds and the importance of realizing that no matter what our flowers look like, we, the people of God, are good enough and God loves us. As you exit today, you will receive a package of sunflower seeds, the kind you plant, not the kind you eat. But we want to encourage you to take these home and plant them. Every seed that is planted will be in some way transformed. A seed has to give up its life as a seed to take on new life as a plant. And as your sunflowers grow, I pray that they will remind you of the defiant hope of the resurrection. And because sunflowers are the national flower of Ukraine, may they be a reminder to you to pray for peace in Ukraine and around the world. Our kids are going to plant some here and do the same. And who knows, later this summer, we might have both sunflowers and peaches growing in our courtyard garden. St. Augustine once said, we without God cannot and God without us will not. Christ's victory over death is sure. The tomb is empty and love has prevailed. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia and amen.
after I offer the benediction, I'm going to invite you to be seated for the postlude because you just don't want to miss the Vita Toccata. You just don't want to miss it. Go now as people of the resurrection who live in defiant hope. Go forward to love one another as Christ has loved us, victorious, and go now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. <laughs>